Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake. Somewhere else. Playing board games. Because he's on assignment. He's doing all that research that, you know, we need when he's here for the Geek Nation podcast. So we'll get to him eventually. But running the boards is Joey D's. What's up? <laughs> okay, Waluigi over there. On today's show, we will get comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. We will run down the cast of some comic book TV shows. We will talk about some of the facts about some of your favorite comic book characters that are coming to film this year. Maybe that ever elusive more. But of course, we'll get to the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. Because it's going to have all our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Um, or just uh, on social media, BJ Geek Nation, you'll find us. Um, also, iTunes. Yes. Leave us a review. Yes. Give those uh, the reviews, the five-star podcasts. And if uh, you leave us a review, you show us that you did it, send me an email, BJGeekNation.gmail.com. We'll send you a fun little comic book and some signed stuff. Lots of good things going on out there. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. If you need some comic book recommendations, one of the best things to do is A, send us an email, or you can talk with Scott over at Comics Dungeon, whom we've got right now for some more comic book recommendations. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us. You can get more information about all the cool stuff that Comics Dungeon does. Go to comicsdungeon.com for all of that. Now, Scott, this week I want to talk about stuff going on in other media that can tie to comic books. Uh, The first one is Morbius, the living vampire. We finally got the trailer for the Jared Leto version of what's going to be hitting the big screen. And if some people want to actually learn a little bit more about this character before they see it on the big screen, what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, conveniently enough, uh, Marvel has an ongoing series called Morbius the Living Vampire. Oh. Um, <laughs> how about that? Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, it's, it's actually a really good place to start because it's going to give you some, some background and really frame the character for the modern um, time. This dude just messed up. He was trying to cure himself of terrible things and he turns himself into a, a blood sucking vampire. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, that's how that kind of works out, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, who hasn't had that happen at least once. Right. And <laughs> you know, so, so, so the ongoing series, I think is actually a really great place. I think, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to relate to the, um, the TV series. Um, or is it movie, TV series, I think. Yeah, yeah and, the movies, yeah, the movies. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, too, I mean, because we've seen divergences in uh, storylines for all sorts of characters, but it's kind of good to get an idea of where the character came from in the comics. It, it, exactly, and and to know what a living vampire is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it actually came out of the 60s where this character was created, and because of the comic code, they could not have an un, undead 
character, so they call him the living vampire. <laughs> and that's how uh, they got so around it. <laughs> that's how they got around it. Sure. It's just, it, sure, why not, right? So, uh, that's awesome. Uh, now, moving on from that, uh, BJ was a little poo-pooey about the whole Crisis of Infinite Earth stuff, but I do know that a lot of people were stoked about seeing that on the C-Dub, and uh, what can do, uh, people do if they want to uh, get more into it with the, the comic books? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's a 100-page giant that uh, DC has put out called Crisis on Infinite Earth, and they produced two new stories. Uh, that tie into the CW storyline. Oh wow! And um, and it's it's great. So unlike BJ, I did like the Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Earth. It it, uh, it 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 was very CW. So you yeah. got to take it with that great assault. But um, I was I was satisfied generally. And what this does is it actually brings in other Earths that they really couldn't do in live action. For example, they brought in the Fleischer Superman animated earth from, from the forties. Wow. You know, and that was, that was pretty cool. And, you know, earth X, uh, where, uh, the Nazis actually won the war and, uh, you know, just, a, a kind of continuing that, 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 uh, you know, geek, geek gasm, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On that. And, and they also bring in another uh, storyline around uh, the League of Luthers. And uh, this is all the Luthers from all the multiverses scheming together. Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. You also get some of the original crisis stories in there, uh, including the death of Supergirl and all that. And what, what the best part of it for me is it was written by, co-written by Marv Wolfman, who wrote the original crisis story, and Steve Gutenberg. I'm sorry, Steve Guggenheim. Uh, <laughs> I was like, whoa, Steve Gutenberg's getting into comics now? No, Steve Guggenheim. Right. Okay, okay, okay. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I'm sorry, Mark Guggenheim, and he... Uh, who is the television series writers. Ah, so, okay. So you get this really good mashup and, uh, you know, again, maybe not for BJ, but for the rest <laughs> of us, we'll all enjoy it. I love it. Thank you so much, Scott. Again, Scott over at Comics Dungeon. You can get more info at comicsdungeon.com. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so much, Scott. Again, Scott at Comics Dungeon. You can find all of that. Well, I just said that, so you can check it out. Now, one thing he did mention was Morbius, the living vampire, mm. which I'm hoping Jared Leto does better than Joker. I also hope that. Yeah, I think he uh, realized that maybe getting super into the character outside of the movie isn't the best thing to do, since he was he was uh, doing a lot of antics when it came down to him being the Joker. Sending... Uh, who knows? He might still be, you know, hanging out and being a vampire, drinking blood and not going out during the day. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he might, but I'm kind of hoping at least he keeps to himself on that one and he doesn't share, I don't know, blood packs or anything like that with uh, the, the rest of the cast and crew of Morbius. Uh, have you guys seen the trailer for it? Yes. It is odd. Yeah. It doesn't look like a comic book movie. No, but it's also one of those things that uh, I'm kind of curious in just the fact that uh, we see him. It has a real Venom vibe. Yeah. Which admittedly I haven't watched, so it's just off of the trailer. So trailer to trailer, it's got that kind of vibe. But it directly references the MCU. Like you see Michael Keaton's character, the Vulture, 
at the very end of it. And they oh, even wait a minute. I didn't pay, I did not notice that. Is at the very end. Sorry, spoiler alert no, for I the mean, trailer. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think you. I turned it off. Oh. Before that, like it's like, oh, Morbius. Yeah. Okay, done. That's okay. why I didn't the, see it. Yeah. yeah. By the way, there's a post credit scene for the trailer <laughs> in the trailer because <laughs> oh it's. I thought the big reveal was seeing his creepy, you know, vampire face, and then oh. it hits Morbius. No, and then I'm after like, that, okay, you see Michael done. Keaton saying, "Hey, uh, you want to be a bad guy or something like that?" I don't remember what he said there. Um, you can watch the trailer; it's like two minutes, yep. guys. Um, but another thing in that also was the fact that you see a Spider-Man like graffiti thing that says "murder." vandalized mm-hmm. over it murderer which directly relates to the whole mysterio stuff going on I, I i just love the fact that maybe they're building a sinister six like and they're doing it maybe a cool way and if they have venom and they can kind of integrate the 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 the, the sony properties and the mcu and bring that into that it'd be kind of cool to see tom hardy in the mcu he wasn't before right i mean there's a lot of people who have been in an mcu so mm. I don't, before Venom, or yeah. I mean, or before yeah. all that, I don't think so. We'll get the corrections department. I know there's some nerds out there that'll probably keep us on the uh, on the uh, up and up on that. It is crazy, like how many actors are in this, like that are big name, like Matt Smith, who also played you know Doctor Who and all that. Yeah, and J.K. Simmons is rumored to return. He should needs I, to. Nobody else could play him. No, but, J. Jonah Jameson. No, no, nobody. Uh, but Jared Harris is in this, and apparently he had to shut down a bunch of rumors. You probably have seen him in like the the Sherlock Holmes, like the second one with Robert Downey Jr. I mm. believe is the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Carnival Row. That's where I'm like, I know I saw him recently. So if you saw that new, um, fairly new Amazon Prime series, yep. Carnival Row, he has a big part in that. Um, but apparently, a lot of people are like, Oh, are you going to be Doc Ock? Oh. <laughs> He's like, that's no, and like no. he's he's already said he's like he's not playing Doctor Octopus in Morbius. So in case that was your theory, that is not the case with Jared Harris. And we've already seen out of all these, seen Vulture, we've seen Scorpion, um, we've seen Mysterio, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm not counting like uh, uh, Paul Giamatti as Rhino or any of those. No, oh, that's, come those on. are garbage. Yeah, movies. Like, they don't exist. That those was a guys, garbage sorry, movie. that was Mm-mm. just a that was what we would call a mistake. And. Uh, <laughs> Moving on from that, though, uh, just getting some information about Morbius. Some people may not know about the living vampire. Um, We did get a little bit from uh, Scott with his comic book recommendations, and I do suggest that you pick up the new title. But also I got a list of uh, some of the fun facts about Morbius, and this came from Comic Book Resources. First thing that came up was that he is a Nobel Prize winner. In the comics, his work is so astounding because he is uh, he's a biologi- biologist and scientist looking to fix his rare genetic disorder. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. We talked about that. His work is so astounding that he actually manages to win the Nobel Prize for his efforts. This can be included in the film if they want to. We'll have to see if they actually do that. Um, The next is about his best friend. Uh, He was initially turned into a monstrous creature for... after he was first initially turned into the monstrous <laughs> creature that he tasted his fir- when he tasted his first blood, I can read. <laughs> he became one of Spider-Man's most underrated villains. However, the blood he first tasted was none other than his best friend's, Emil Nikos. Uh, they had known each other since childhood. Nikos was almost as intelligent as Morbius, and the two worked together on a variety of projects. He was the first kill, as he was actually helping Morbius to heal him until his traumatic demise. Another thing on this is that uh, it's been well documented that Morbius has a bit of an obsession with Spider-Man, which makes sense because, I mean, he's a Spider-Man villain. Mm. 
on paper, this doesn't really make sense as their paths shouldn't cross because he's associated with the realm of magic, demons, and werewolves, after all, and you're, it's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. However, the reason that these do cross over so many times in the comics is because Spider-Man's blood may be the key to curing him once and for all, which, I mean, Spider-Blood, maybe... Like, I guess that it just seems kind of thin on that one, but also comic books. So, I mean, how are we going to have to really deal that much with that? Um, another thing is that the few times that he's actually stood side by side with Spider-Man, kind of going into that Venom realm of anti-hero, um, despite the rivalry between them, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and it came down to Carnage. And I, mm. I, don't, I don't know if they're going to do Carnage. I could see them trying to attempt it. But I felt like Carnage was always just that that super, like, edgy, most yeah. 90s, I'm just going to be evil to be evil sort of thing, almost into the world of the mustache-twirling uh, <laughs> villains. Yeah, I have no idea how you would do Carnage in this day and age. It would just be weird. It would be. It would have to be ultra-violent. It would have to be that hard R rating, I feel. And I know that they want to do R-rated movies. I just don't know if that's going to be one. Like, seriously, this would be the MCU movie directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Like, that would be the only way I would be like, okay, I'm in. Oh, like you know, a wordy carnage who just murders people. I think if I, All right. I feel like I was thinking a uh, spawn for Tarantino. Ooh, could you imagine? No, now <laughs> I can. That's great. Uh, You're welcome. Another thing that's pretty awesome, and this might be something that we can see in the future, is that he was a part of the Midnight Suns. This was uh, kind of the anti-hero days, but he actually ran with Blade, Ghost Rider, and Doctor Strange. There was a couple of other people, too. If you saw Blade 3, uh, Hannibal, the character that Ryan Reynolds plays, he was a character in the Midnight Suns as well. I remember that from an old trading card mm-hmm. that I got uh, back in the day during the, Look <laughs> the at 90s. You. So fancy. Yeah, I know. I can remember a lot of stupid stuff. Uh, also, another thing he's got involved with, uh, with with death a lot of the times because he did actually. Let's see what's going on. He did kill a lot of people, but uh, one of the people's that actually uh, he got killed by because of you know dealing with all that stuff was Blade. I just mentioned Blade. Blade hmm. actually managed to kill him. I had no idea Blade was even in this universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they're bringing him back. Uh, not Wesley Snipes, but the... Oh, I can't remember, but he was yeah. Cotton... He was Cottonmouth in uh, Luke was Cage. It, was it Cottonmouth? Uh, yes. I think so, yeah, because I think they were based off all of snakes and stuff. Or am I thinking uh, of Kill Bill and going back to... Uh, you know, I'm intrigued either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of different things that go on with that. And Morbius also, he does suck the blood of his enemies, but he can also do more than just that. He can absorb some of the powers and abilities based off of that blood. So that kind of goes along the lines with him wanting Spider-Man's blood, and we'll have to see if that goes anywhere else along those lines. Still, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the movie. I've liked Jared Leto in bits. I thought he was a bit much in Suicide Squad, but of course that movie was also really kind of weird anyway. That movie was a bit much for everyone. Yeah, so we'll have to see where it goes. And to be perfectly honest, my favorite role Jared Leto was ever in was in Fight Club when he got his ass kicked by Edward Norton. So, I and mean... I, I love him in 30 Seconds to Mars. That's a great band. <laughs> you can keep watching that huh? or listening to that because, you know what, I think I'm going to move on from uh, that one. And the the actor, yes, you were right, it was Cotton uh, Cottonmouth nice. and... Uh, Mershala Ali, I believe, is uh, yeah. how you pronounce his name. Yeah. He's a phenomenal actor. He was also, he won an Oscar, was nominated for in Green Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just a phenomenal actor. And I think it, it's funny because before they announced it, 
they had somebody had made like their own version like they drew him as blade and it looks so good but if you do want to see Wesley Snipes in something, he was in the Mr. Peanut commercial recently where no. Mr. Peanut, <laughs> unfortunately, spoiler alert, dies saving R. his friends. I Peanut was the hashtag out Too there. Too soon, man. Too soon. He was 104 years old. Hey, that guy was kicking ass. Well, he was, but now he's been roasted. shelved, roasted. If you see, you've had to have seen the commercial at this point. I mean, everyone's talking about it, and uh, we'll have to see what happens. Maybe he'll that. make it. Ooh, he's gone. <laughs> I don't know. Check out. Apparently, we're going to find out more during the Super Bowl during a commercial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the hero we didn't know he deserved. Uh, Patton Oswalt's getting into the MCU. I'm not surprised. Ooh. He's yeah. a huge nerd. Now, this is going to be interesting because... Ooh, is he going to be Doc Ock? No, kind have, of close. Have you seen... Side note, go Google Patton Oswalt, Doc Ock, him and his, girl, his uh, daughter dressed up, and yeah. he looked phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. She wanted him to be Doc Ock, and he's like, well, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's actually going to be something that rhymes. He's going to be Doc. What? So, he's a weird looking ass character. He I, is. He's annoying. a giant head in a tiny chair with teeny tiny arms and teeny tiny legs. And a big old face. Yep. The name stands for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. He's a villain. Shocking. And uh, looks like Patton Oswalt's going to be a part of that. And it's going to be interesting in the fact that it's going to be on Hulu after Hulu already nuked uh, a couple of different shows. Like a lot of the Marvel shows, like Runaways mm-hmm. and... It's is this I'm trying to picture how they would do a live action Modoc. It's a weird looking thing. I think it's gonna be animated. Oh, okay. That which would makes make more a sense. lot more sense. So yeah, I don't know a hundred percent on this one. There's a lot of people in this. Uh but yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I was uh, seeing Melissa Fumero. She's uh in Brooklyn nine nine. She's going to be in oh, it as well. Oh, okay. Um, as well as uh, Amy Garcia, who actually was in a lot of episodes of Dexter, I'm taking a peek at, which I, I think she plays his wife. Yes. Before he goes all Modoc. But my favorite one is Ben Schwartz. He is annoying in Parks and Rec. <laughs> He's John Ralphio. <laughs> you guys have you seen Parks and Rec? I have. Only some episodes. Okay. okay. He's and, so annoying. And yes, it will be animated. <laughs> So Perfect. that makes a lot more sense. Uh, him putting his voice, and because Patton Oswalt actually has been in the MCU on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. I just remembered that. So, I mean, he, he's not a stranger from this. Literally any voice, like popular TV animated series, he will be a voice guest star at some point. Mm-hmm. That is literally his bread and butter is voice acting. And his the voice isn't one of those that like changes it up all the time. You know it's him. Every single time because it just sounds like him. And I think Ratatouille was his first big break when it came to that. But he was in Rick and Morty. He's in everything. I... Like, oh my God. I didn't realize he was in Rick and Morty. I guess I... Oh yeah, he he kind of plays like a Borg character. (laughs) I believe is what they are. Like uh, where they uh, are kind of like they take over whole species. Oh geez. Okay. Yeah. But he plays like this kind of dorky Borg type character. It's pretty funny. But yeah, he he's in everything like Big Hero Six and the animated series. Oh. Bojack Horseman, he plays like the little penguin guy, and he plays a couple <laughs> other characters. Um, he plays Uncle Ben in the Chameleon and like Spider Man the TV series shorts. Wow! Like literally, all right, yeah. yeah. Like anything that needs a voice actor, The Secret Life of Pets two, he replaced uh, Louis C.K. That's right. Yeah, he's in My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Oh, which pony is he? Quibble Pants. 
Excuse I me? have questions. <laughs> I cannot answer those. Sorry. Do they wear pants. Oh, <laughs> I have a quibble. He's in Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures. He's Mr. McSnorter. Okay. And oh, he's Mr. McSnorter Bear or Quibble Pants. Yeah. He, he is Nom Nom in We Bear Bears. As in bear and then bears. Be- what? Like he, they're. Oh, okay, Vicky. He's such a good voice actor. I love him. Famous uh, roles as Bear Bears. In the ba- We Bear Bears. At, that's the show, dude. Get plays, cultured. Yeah, come on. He plays Nom Nom. Stay woke. She just said that. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from Patton Oswalt's illustrious voice acting career. There we career. go. Hey. Thank you. Finally, something to That someone, you guys know. Yeah, catered to someone ages two and above. We've got Captain Marvel news. Captain Marvel 2 is going to be happening. What? It looks like the sequel to the billion-dollar grossing movie is officially in the works. This is according to The Hollywood Reporter. says the company has tapped rising scribe Megan McDonnell, a staff writer on the Marvel-based series WandaVision, which is coming out uh, hopefully soon, uh, to pen the script for a follow-up to the 2019 pick that starred Brie Larson and Sam Jackson. McDonnell is in final negotiations to seal that deal. Also, uh, sources say that Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who co-wrote and directed the initial film, will not return to the helm, but are in talks to remain in the Marvel Universe and to direct a possible Disney Plus series. Marvel is hoping to find a female filmmaker for Captain Marvel 2 and is eyeing a potential 2022 release. At this point in time, we have no details, but the new story will move from the 90s to more of the present day, which makes sense. They had to fix Captain Marvel into the MCU for Phase 3 slash Phase 4 and they had to do that that going back in time sort of thing and dealing with it all in the 90s because I mean where the hell was Captain Marvel well she was off saving all of the other places that didn't have the Avengers and she had a very very limited role in Endgame I thought she was going to have a bigger role in that I feel like she probably would have everything would have just solved itself a lot quicker yeah and I get that so I'm not too too worried about all of that. I just I want to see where they're going to be taking that character. I really want to see where they're going to be taking uh, 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 Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch with WandaVision mm-hmm. because that whole series is going to have to deal with her. I mean, you see Vision in it. I mean, it's called WandaVision, but we also know what happened. In the movies with Vision. And and there's many a times in the comics where she kind of snaps and bends reality because she's just like, no, screw this. Like, uh, no no more mutants. And there were no more mutants. And it's not saying that she killed a bunch of people, although a lot of people did die because of it. She just took away a lot of mutant abilities. Which is kind of awkward if your mutant ability is flight and suddenly you don't have it and you're flying. Actually, that was in the comic. Like somebody (laughs) goes, I can do this, I can do this. And he jumps. He could not do it. Uh, (laughs) But I'm curious. I think it's going to be some sort of weird. I think they said it was going to be like a sitcom vibe to it. Yeah, like old school, like which makes leave it to Beaver type. Yeah, which makes sense of like her (laughs) snapping and like kind of going a little nutso and kind of creating this reality for herself, and then maybe snapping out of it and kind of going back into like the MCU world. But I'm curious if it's going to be. Did they say after Thanos or before Thanos? It's going to be after. Gotcha. And, and one of the things that was interesting is that the the helmsman behind uh, the new Doctor Strange movie, The Minds of Madness or the Multiverse of Madness, uh, stepped down, stepped away due to creative differences. Interesting. And a lot of people, because it was they, he wanted it to be a true horror movie, and uh, uh, the MCU, not the MCU, but D, uh, Disney 
was kind of like, we're going to step that back a little bit. So Creative Differences has him stepping away from that, but it was going to have Wanda and Doctor Strange dealing with that sort of situation in the multiverses. So I'm wondering mm. if they're going to keep uh, keep Scarlet Witch in this or if they're going to be moving past that sort of thing and have a whole new story. We'll have to see as it comes out. I mean, I thought that I would be done uh, with the uh, MCU after I got the Infinity Saga, but I mean, come on. We're all nerds. I'm we're never watching it. More yeah. nerd stuff. More, more nerd stuff. Oh, hey, and speaking of nerd stuff, well, let's get into the geek stuff because we've got The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Uh, would you like to hear about minor details that give away huge plot points in movies? Oh, or just are, in general? Those or, are always interesting. Or four movies from the past that totally nailed 2020 America. Oh, let's Ooh. go with the lighter one with the plot holes <laughs> at the beginning because I feel the 2020 America is going to be a little rough on that one. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip through. Some of these are more of uh, visual based, so I'll okay. kind of skip through and pick uh, the ones that are better. Okay. So in Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. everyone saw that? Everyone knows? Yep. Oh, yeah. So the last time they meet as friends, Anakin is standing in the shadows while Obi-Wan is basked in the sunlight. So they're talking and Anakin happens to be in the shadows while... Obi-Wan is just kind of hanging out in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And the lighting appears to represent the respective paths they are on. Oh, so it was like a foreshadow. Side. Uh, there is a part which, funny enough, it foreshadowed, but it wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. Oh. So did you guys ever see Frozen? Negative. No. Okay. So you probably have seen this gif used around where it's Olaf, and he has like this giant icicle through his body. Yeah. And so he says, uh, oh, look at that. I'm in. Impa- I've been impaled, mm-hmm. which was actually just. Uh, I'm totally blanking. Uh, Josh uh, Gaff. Yeah, yeah. Him just playing around and just. Oh, Josh saying, Gad. Gad, thank yep. you. Uh, just playing around, and he was surprised when he saw the movie. He's like, "Oh, that made it in." <laughs> but apparently, it's uh, kind of foreshadowed what kind of happened to Anna because she, she gets got impaled. She got in- shot at through the chest, but with like this frost beam from Elsa on accident. Oh. So that started to cause her to like age and die. Yeah. Oof, wow. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah, God. Um, I'm guessing, have you guys seen this? Did you guys watch The Sopranos? I did. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of it, not a whole lot. So in The Sopranos, during the intervention about Chris's drug use, Tony learns about the time Chris was too high to realize he was actually sitting on a dog causing the dog to suffocate. Oh, I no. do remember that scene. That was awful. Wow. Well, guess how Chris dies. By being suffocated? Yep. They, like, plug his nose up and... Damn. Yeah. Ooh. Ugh. Brutal. Yeah, a little right? plot point. Okay, how about the Hobbit movies? I love the Hobbit movies. So have you noticed that whenever you put on the ring, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you, but, like, we are watching. Yeah, we see them. They go invisible. Yeah. Everything looks like this big, black, smeary, like, mm-hmm. it was really hard. But if you... Did you ever pay attention? I didn't see this. I didn't notice. Everything looks like a black smear except for elves. And that's, uh, they look just like they do, but just bright light. Okay. And it makes sense because in Tolkien lore, elves live in the physical and spiritual worlds at the same time. Oh. I never noticed that. So they're the beings of light, and then they wouldn't become smeared by that. (laughs) Smeared. Um, But they wouldn't get that because, yeah, they are are part of both of those. I wonder if that means that they can see, could they see anybody invisible or, Hmm. huh? I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look. To, I don't know if I want to go back and watch it, but That's I mean, it's a lot of I do love it, but I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that and The Lord of the Rings, both of those are long movies. 
So I don't know. Fair enough. It's one of those movies you can keep on the background and try to yeah. pay attention yeah. when that happens. Yeah. Um, this is something I think we all noticed. And if you didn't notice, then what the hell's wrong with you? Okay. Because I thought it was like a huge, obvious plot point. Uh, in uh, Westworld, yeah. the new TV series, um, they're programmed, all the robots or automations uh, or whatever, are programmed to not hurt any living thing. Yep. But in the pilot episode, Dolores swats a fly, that, which is uh, circumventing her code code, core code words and breaking the rules set for them so in that moment like when she slaps it Mm -hmm. oh yeah that was i mean that was i felt that yeah everyone who was watching the show noticed that and was like well that is telling of what's going to be happening during the entirety of the series yeah i thought that or was a robotic fly Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, it's one of the two. I did really. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, no. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a real fly, and I'm pretty sure that fly just got jacked, and I'm pretty sure. Well, and also I've seen the movie Westworld as well, so also screw uh. flies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You're not wrong. Huh? This is interesting. Uh, did you guys watch Blade Runner 2049? I did not. Heck yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad you did. The first frames of Blade Runner 2049, they show the word replicants in the top left corner of the screen. Mm-hmm. And apparently replicants have serial numbers at the corner of their corneas, which can be seen when they look up to the left. Oh, Ooh, I did not catch that. That's cool. <laughs> like so, stuff like that. I mean, I need to, I feel I want to go back and I don't know because they're both slow movies. I, I, I want to go back and watch Blade Runner and then immediately after... 2049. 2049 was mm-hmm. a lot better than the second watch. Really? Yeah, I just caught a lot more. The plot well, made more sense. Well, and it's a lot of the times when you're watching a movie for the second time, it's because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so at that point, yeah, you can pay more attention to how they're going to get to that point. Yeah, because sometimes when writers or directors are making a movie like that, if you haven't seen the first one or it's been a long time since you've seen the first one, they kind of uh, get lost in that whole assuming you Mm -hmm. have thing. So like some of the plot points weren't as established, but after the second time viewing it, I'm like, oh, this makes 100% sense. (laughs) I got two more for you. All right. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Okay. So I'm spoiling this if you haven't seen it, whatever's. So there is that climactic battle between Luke and Kylo Ren. So they're in that weird planet where it's like that salt. Yeah. And when you like step on it, it turn, it looks like blood. Mm-hmm. So Kylo's feet leave marks in the salt, whereas Luke's don't, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense because Luke isn't really there during the fight. And I noticed that after I saw it on the internet. So it wasn't one that I, I did yeah. actually notice, but it was like, that is subtle. It's super smart. I love it. And it's also another one of the many reasons that The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie in the entire saga. Oh, hot Ooh. take. Yeah, I know. Hot I know. take. I'm trolling. But also, I'm not I'm not wrong. Uh, I do. Okay, I got one last one. And right. This is a movie that if you guys haven't seen this yet, please, you all have the Disney Plus app. Go watch it. Because mm. it is so good. Coco. Oh, have not seen it. Have not seen it. It is so good. Okay, so hmm, this is spoiling it. <laughs> Don't worry, Vicky. They're all dead. Shut up, Joe. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Would you like me to? Would it be okay if I spoiled it then? Yes. All right. So in Coco, there is this singer Ernesto de la Cruz, who is mm-hmm. this famous musician that died after an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this amazing guitar that looks like it has a skull at the end of it, and the yeah. skull's got a gold tooth. But later you find out that he actually wasn't the musician. Like, he stole all the songs from his buddy. Um, and the buddy, actually, you see him down in, like, you know, as a skeleton. Yeah. He had a, a gold tooth as well. So he stole the guitar and this guy's songs and killed him because he didn't want to be a musician anymore. He's like, I want to go back to my family. 
And so he kills him and steals all of this so he could become this famous musician. Wow. But he couldn't do it without his songs. Or apparently his gold tooth. <laughs> right. So, but if you looked at the guitar, it had the gold tooth all along. So that kind of pinpoints, like, you know, this was actually his guitar. Wow. Oh. That's a, man, that's a deep one for a Disney Trippy. movie. But it was, it's okay. Such a good movie. You should check it out. All right. All right. Family movie night with me and the cats. We'll end up watching Coco. Carl. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be down for it, but. Sorry. I love the songs. Well, till next time, guys. Stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.